Welcome to Real Estate Unscripted, where each week we connect no-nonsense, let's-get-it-done realtors and lenders from across the country who want to grow our businesses and stay motivated with timely topics and experts in our field. I'm your host, Marjorie Adam. Let's get started. All right, so today on the show, I am so excited to have my friend and property manager, Allie Albrecht. Allie, say hi. Hello. So we are going to talk today on Real Estate Unscripted about property management, realtors, how we work together, things the realtors do wrong. She was very hesitant to say that, but it's really true. What we can do to really maximize our relationship, how we can really help each other through any market, but as this market changes as well. So that's what we're going to talk about. But first, let's learn a little bit about you. So I first met Allie in 2015. So Allie, you've been a property manager for how long? I have been a property manager since 2011. Nice. And I know you started part-time, right? You were still in school and you started as a part-time leasing agent? I did. I started as a part-time leasing agent at a single site community. So that's when you are at one place and you're showing the same units all day, every day. Yes. Okay. And then you said, hey, I'm going for it. Property management is all that. I am going to be a full-time property management. So you joined a full-time property management company, right? Back in, was it 2015 you did that? Um, the tail end of 2014, yes, I joined a local property management company doing multi-site management. And that type of management is when you have property all over the surrounding counties, different sizes, shapes, locations, and you are renting those homes out for generally private investors. Nice. So yes, you told me you did residential portfolio management. That sounds very serious. It's very serious business. Yes, ma'am. So, and now, which we're all super excited for you, you have started your own company called Marigold, which I think is a great name. What made you pick the name? Yes, I chose the name because it is a venture that my husband and I decided to begin together. And Marigold is our wedding anniversary, October's birth month flower. Also, it had a very nice Virginia ring to it. I think it's a great fit for us. Nice. Well, we're super excited for you. So full disclosure, we work together. You, of course, work with many realtors who refer you business, but you are our property manager. So it's natural that we're having this conversation. So let's talk about why your own firm. What made you decide to do that? I decided to start my own firm because I have always viewed property management as a customer service based business. It is so important to me that clients and investors, they can pick up the phone, they can get me on the phone, they can get me in an email, they know who their property manager is. Some of my owners I've worked with for several years and they know me almost on a personal level, they know my children. It's so important for me to be able to provide the customer service. It was difficult to do that in a larger setting. So thus Marigold was born. Absolutely. Because when it is your business and you get to control and really run the processes and the systems and how it works from start to finish, it's impossible to do that if you aren't in all of those parts. And as your own business, you are and Mm -hmm. you've done it for so long, you know how it should work and and interaction the client needs and the advice that they need. And they need to be able to reach you quickly. And you have control over that 
when it's yours. So we're super excited and proud of you. So let's talk about the ultimate size. Like how many properties would you have under management? For property management portfolio size for just myself, the perfect number would be 150 to 200 properties. And I know that does sound a lot to some people that don't manage rentals, but that's a manageable number where I can stay in tune with all of my tenants and owners. I think Marigold would get a little larger than that. I hope to expand to have maybe one other property manager, but the goal is to stay a kind of like a boutique firm to deliver the high level of customer service that my clients expect from me at this point. I think that's excellent. Well, you know, we're going to do everything we can to get you there. I know you're doing great. I might have clients that work with you that just love you. So we are super excited for you. And I wanted to have this conversation because I think that we need to really work well together, like any business people. So when we talk about realtors, so just on my end, the key in a realtor business is to really have a strong database-driven business, but also to have really strong VIPs. And I think that the realtor and property manager relationship is super important. Now, when we're talking about this, you do just property management. You are not in the side of selling as well, right? So I think that a lot of property managers do both, correct? That is correct. So while I am a licensed Virginia real estate broker, I am an exclusively a property manager, which means I do not sell or work on any type of real estate business other than the property management side of the business. And I think that's one of Allie's tips is when you start referring over to a property manager, I think people don't understand some property managers do and some don't sell. And as a realtor, if I'm sending a property to you and you did both, what should I look for in a lease in that case? Right. So you'd want to pay attention to your management agreement and also your lease contract. Some management agreements have a line item there that says if you choose to put your property on the sales market that you would be required to use the property management firm or pay them some type of money for them to sell while it's under your care, essentially. So you want to pay attention to that type of language and just have a conversation with your property manager of what their policy is. For Marigold and for my clients, any realtor that sends us a client, we honor that relationship and that client will come right back to you should you decide to sell. And I think that's super important, right? So I think realtors listening as well as lenders who are educating and also working with realtors is there's two types. And as a realtor, obviously, it would not behoove me to send someone to someone who then is going to then list the property. That wouldn't be ultimately something that would be my goal. Not again, there's nothing wrong with it. But of course, if I want to then list the property, I wouldn't be able to do it. So I think the fact that you don't is something that also will enable more realtors to refer to you, right? Because they don't feel that they could lose the client or there would be a conflict of interest. So I love that about you, but let's think about this. So when you hear property management, you think, okay, so Allie or a property manager, right? You're vetting tenants, you're leasing, you're doing the property management, you're collecting the rent, you're organizing the repairs, all of which are super important. But I think a lot of realtors don't understand, okay, in the entire process from before, as well as continuing, like what an important relationship a property management and realtor can have. So let's talk about some of those. One you mentioned, which I think people don't think about, which makes complete sense is for your realtor partners, for your business partners that you are working together, right? Not just a random realtor calling you that you don't know. You probably have the best vetted vendor relationships of anyone. Right? So let's talk about that a little bit. That's correct. As a property manager, I have fostered several relationships with local vendors in our area. I can tell you 
who does great work. I can steer you away from some companies you may not want to work with for various reasons, but also because of the volume of work that we give these companies, your property managers are typically at the high end of the priority list for getting work done. So when I say, hey, Marjorie, call this vendor and let them know I sent you, that means something because that vendor wants to make sure my clients are a top priority for them as well because of how much work we give them as a property management company. And that's important working together as well, because as we think about it, I'm selling a house and you're going to take it into management, which we are doing right now. You just leased a property I sent you. Gosh, I couldn't believe it because I feel like I sent it to you five seconds ago. But in the relationship of, okay, let's say that seller had worked with you. Well, you could have helped them get the house ready in the inspection process. I kind of was laughing because my client, even before we went anywhere, was like, here, Allie, can you take care of all of this? And I was like, let's make sure you're buying it first. (laughs) Like we haven't even gotten through the inspection, but right away already, they were relying on you and asking you to do these things. And you said, yeah, no problem. So I think what a great way for an owner to be cared for, eventually the tenant, but for our relationship to work really well so that we get this house ready as soon as possible, which is only beneficial to, well, everybody, the client, you, the next tenant. So I think those vendor relationships are huge. Let's look at a couple things that maybe we won't say realtors do wrong, but let's kind of fix a couple things that I'm going to agree with you that maybe we can work on. And we talked about quoting what a property can rent for. Right. So let's talk about that for a little bit. Sure. And again, I'm licensed and I think it's very important as a realtor when you don't work in the rental market as often to be very careful of when you are providing rental recommendations for investors, especially if they're purchasing multiple properties, you want to engage with your property manager as soon as possible to get their feel and their recommendations on what the home could achieve as far as rent. And it's also important to note that something that rented in the peak prime leasing season of the summer, it may not achieve that same rental rate when you're putting it on the rental market in December or January. And these are all factors we look at when we're guiding a client into an investment property as far as the rental range goes. Yeah, I think that we all kind of assume we know or, oh, you know, I'll just go on the MLS and see what something rented for. And there was one of them and they got this. And of course, that could be a one-off or way lower, way higher. So I think I agree. I think the earlier, the better, right? We talked about the earlier that we can connect with you because we also talked about kind of offline. I think when people are purchasing investment properties, right? So a primary owner that says, I'm now going to buy three rental properties or something, which is great for both of us and the investor ultimately, right? But I think their mindset of an owner mindset and our mindset in generally selling owner-occupied properties is not the same as when you're buying an investment property. Location can be different, but also it's very hard, I think, for that owner who generally wants to live in a property. They're like, oh, I don't like this kitchen. I would do this differently. It's like, what I mean is your personal preferences. Well, gosh, we really want to be on the other side of this road for convenience, but you're not living there. So I think the more that we can team up and you can say, hey, look, while as a primary investment, this neighborhood is perfect for all these reasons. Guess what? For an investment portfolio, this seems better. And you and I do this all the time. I have my immediate assumptions. They should buy this. And 50% of the time you're like, nope, actually. And here's why. And I think, Ooh, I wouldn't have thought of that. So I kind of wanted to go over what you and I both talked about is almost like that perfect process. And again, we're all different. What we do is different. States are different. Localities are different. So this is in general, me, residential realtor who really doesn't do a lot with rentals, 
right? Knowing that you are my expert that does. And this is a great example because we're doing this right now. So just what a month ago, an investor reached out to us, they're going to buy several properties. And of course they send a list. And so quite honestly, I start pulling the list. And even though I know the rule, I still start going, oh, we're going to go show them this and we should sell them this. And then I smartly send it to you and then nope, <laughs> actually they should buy this and this because this rental, this fee that maybe we didn't know about, they don't allow this and this development's like, oh, it wouldn't have been a problem on the owner's side. So really it's okay. We get an investor. We have to be really clear, finance your cash lenders. This is where you come in, right? We got to make sure they've spoken to the lender. They know what they're getting into. How many properties can they buy? But immediately it's getting them to Allie and saying, all right, Allie, here's the list we're going to go out and show. And I remember one of them was like a community that you would think would have been fine, but there were all these rules in place on how long you could rent or how much you could turn over that would never have been something that would have been in my bandwidth. So you really connect them with Allie, send over the list. I give my opinion, her opinion more important on some things, but we work together to advise that client, to get them in the best spot and make sure they're going to be able to have the best investment. Now, of course, condition matters that I can be more involved in, but I think that we realtors sometimes assume we know a little more and not in a mean way. Look, there are realtors that also delve deeply into rentals. They will also help tenants all the time and help people rent. And really, most of us don't. Most of us were like, ooh, a rental, not us. And ping. We send it to someone as quickly as possible. And then of course, if they want to buy one, we're like, Ooh, me. so I think really teaming with you has really just benefited our clients greatly and they love you. And again, like I said, you rented it in like five seconds, which I just found out as we were planning this class, you're like, girl, the lease is done. Wow, I don't think we've even closed yet. So you're pretty amazing with that. So that is something I think that the more we can say, hey, let's team up with my expert, the better it's going to work. And then a second thing you and I talked about, and I can tell you for the realtor and the tenants, woo, bane of our existence. As soon as you see a tenant, you're like, oh, doggies. But let's talk about tenants. What do realtors need to think about more with tenants in a property? I think realtors should be very aware that the tenant relationship, whether it's tenant to property manager, tenant to property owner, if you have a home that you are listing for sale and there is a tenant in place, there are other extra restrictions that come along with what you need to do to sell it, such as entering for showings, entering for repairs. There are laws in place that protect the tenants and how often you can enter and for what reasons. So brush up on your homework a little bit or work with your property manager and figure out first the VRLTA states of what you can and cannot do when a home is lived in, when it is going on the sales market and you still have an active lease in place. But also just understand that when you have a tenant in place, if you as the listing agent foster a good relationship with that tenant, the tenant is going to be more likely to be more accommodating to your requests and showings and things you need to do for the sale of the property. The tenant, they don't benefit from the sale. It's a large inconvenience for them. So just be respectful and make sure you are knowledgeable in the laws protecting them so you can work together and hopefully get that home sold for the owner. And I think that's where we meet with you. So if we find out there's a tenant in a house and we're going to list it, we're going to reach out to you and say, okay, when can we? Because it's, I think, 120 days prior to the end of their lease or 90 days or whatever the lease says. So there's also when we can actually physically list it. And then the requirement of showings, the more you're correct, the more we can 
become friendly with them and also explain to them, look, our goal is to inconvenience you for as short a time as possible. The more you accommodating you can be in those first few days, then this won't drag out, right? If we don't allow showings, and I know it's overwhelming, so we're going to try to maximize a weekend or whatever we can for you, the more we can get those people in, the shorter period of time you're going to be dealing with this. Think about it from a tenant perspective. It don't matter to me. I'm here till June and mm -hmm. you guys are rude and you want to just show up. And so it is true. People are people. So some tenants, but some realtors, right? So <laughs> manage that expectation. And if you do run into a difficult tenant, work with your property manager. They're available to help, but do keep everyone in, in the loop and properly manage that expectation. That way you can get done what you need to get done. Agreed. I think that is absolutely something. I mean, again, you get frustrated, especially in this market, as you know, where it's like, oh, I can get in four days from now for five minutes, right? It's already really hard to manage those, but it's an extra layer of something to pay attention to um, and manage client expectations as well. It has a tenant in it. It can be more limited, can be harder to get into. This is what we have to do. So I do think that's super important. So let's also talk about property manager, realtor, right? So we think about benefits to each other, which there are many, and we probably won't even talked about all of them. But one of them was if your property manager doesn't sell, there's some pretty clear no-brainers to me. So absolutely, we can refer each other business. I sell an investment property. I'm sending them to you. One, you're going to do a great job. Frankly, you make me look good. So good that I don't think we've closed yet. You've already got it rented. Thank you very much. But we can refer each other business. And then you, if you have an owner that is not tied to a realtor, you can potentially refer back. Now, again, carefully knowing that you may be more limited than me because I'm sending someone your way that is an investor to add to your portfolio. You're not going to go and make all the other realtors mad by taking business away. You would never do that. But I think if we think about it, you exclusively doing this property management benefits both of us. It's a great relationship to have. So those people who haven't thought about not only the referrals, but also the resources, we can be great resources for each other. There are questions I can answer for you on sales market versus rental market and vice versa that we only benefit our clients. Right. And I do have several clients and some of them have multiple properties and they come to me for whatever reason and they've chosen to sell one and they don't even live in Virginia. They need an agent. They need someone to help and they rely on me to give them someone that I trust and someone that I've worked with in the past who can give them great service on the sales end of things. So that's exactly right. I don't sell and it's important for me to have a pipeline of realtors that can help me with that side of my business as well, because I want to make sure my clients are in good hands through that process. Yeah. And I think if we really think about it, there are times your client just wants to know, Hey, I might not sell. How much do you think my property's worth? We answer those questions. That's that resource part. There might be 10 people that I might give advice to you in terms of, Hey, not right now, or this is what's sold or whatever it may be. So as a resource and same to you, I reach out to you all the time. Hey, if they bought this, what's the rental amount? And then they end up not buying it. So it's not always just a, I give you business, but how do we work together? How do we help educate each other? Is right. something changing in this market that we should both know about? Again, is there an area that has always been a super hot rental area that for some reason is not, or they've imposed some sort of rules in their association that I need to know about. So that is that ongoing resource and connection. We talked about the vendor relationships, helping prepare homes 
before, especially, hey, these people are going to enter into inventory. How can you help me get this house ready? And then how can we get it to you? Whatever it may be. So I just think all of those things. And then lenders, we really talked about this. And so, okay, if you wanted to have the dream team, so if we wanted to really go into how can we become like the ultimate investor, realtor, property managers, and when we talked about this, it was like, okay, if we had like called the super balanced dream team or whatever we're going to call it, that group is pretty much an accountant, a financial advisor, a lender, a realtor, and a property manager. Because quite honestly, I think I want to buy rental properties. It's like, get along. You have no money. Or the accountant knows your scenario and your financial advisor knows where your money is, right? So I will assure you, anyone who says I'm going to buy investment properties, it's like, whoa, whoa, first financing. Where are you going to move money from? The lender, can you buy five rental properties? Maybe not. Like what are the restrictions? And then the accountant, how are we going to report this? How is this going to affect your taxes in a positive or negative way? And then Allie, don't buy there, buy here. The best bang for your buck really, which again, seems logical, but isn't always. And then the realtor obviously getting us through. I think we had a home inspector in there too, right? Because obviously conditions matters. But if you think about this, if we're really going to create this investment portfolio team that we take care of people, it's those relationships. Because quite frankly, someone can say, oh, I think I'm going to buy rental properties and me and the lender say it's great. And then they buy the wrong one. They're quoted the wrong rent by me or their financial advisors like, well, you're done. Like this is the worst thing ever. So I think that having those relationships that we advise them for their benefit and making sure we don't assume something just because it might work for us. Don't you think? Yes, I do. 100%. When is this dream team starting? I think this afternoon when we're done, we're forming our dream team. And I think if you think about it, this podcast is lenders and realtors across the country, right? If you're listening right now and they're thinking, I've always wanted to work with investors, learn more about it. I really need to understand this liability on the flip side. What happens if I quote you this exorbitant rent and you buy it and it doesn't rent and you count it on this cash flow. Like, I just don't want to be responsible for some bad advice. And I know you don't either. No, ma'am. Also, pretty important fact trusting the relationship. Talk to me about that a little bit. Another alley tip. It is so important to trust your relationships in business, especially whether you're referring a client to someone or working with vendors for important work. Frankly, you don't own. It's someone else's home that they're paying the bill for. You want to trust these relationships and make sure that you can depend on whomever that is to make sure your client is being taken care of. And that's very important. You want to make sure the work they're doing is solid because in a way you're tying your name to that as well. Think about it the whole way through. Like if you bring vendors in and they don't show up or they cost more money. But also, again, if I advise improperly or I say, oh, it's always a great time to sell and they shouldn't have, there's just so many facets. And I know hundred percent, if I send a client to you, you're going to take great care of them. You make me look good, but you take great care of them. You've got these relationships that are super important, but you know, conversely, if you say, should they sell right now? I'm not going to be like, everybody should sell all the time. Like that's not correct. So maybe it isn't the right time based on whatever information. So I think the trust is also honest advice going both ways, knowing that it's not my benefit. It's the client benefit and making sure that that's key. And look, that seems fairly simple. But it can be really hard. Let's just be honest. Let's say next spring comes in the turnover, right? So come February, everyone needs to say to you, I'm staying or not staying. And the market's tougher and listings are harder to find. It would be much easier for me to say, oh, yes, Allie, they should all sell all of them. Not necessarily. Do they also have to do 1031? Are they exchanging the property? There's just so many against, hence if they are, their financial advisor, their accountant, right? I shouldn't be the all-knowing one of things that are different for every client. 
So I think knowing that we trust you implicitly is super important. And our clients know that. And we've had this happen in the past where we've had to have conversations like this and an owner will ask me, hey, do you think I should sell? And sometimes the answer is yes. And of course, I want to keep you as a client and I want to keep your beautiful property in my portfolio. But sometimes the best decision for you may be to sell. And in which case I'm going to send you to a realtor to help you with that decision. And it works both ways. Yeah, I think that's the key in any market, but in a changing market, especially it's like the dream team. We talk in real estate a lot. We have our primary team, which is my internal team, my Marjorie Adam team, but then my next team, which is again, you and my financial advisor and my accountant and my home inspector and my lender. And really I interviewed a great underwriter, Roby, who I was like, whoop right? Different perspectives. So it's making sure that we have an expert in all these different parts of what we do. And you, girl, are my expert <laughs> in the property management world. It's like, ask Allie. I'm going to make shirts. Just ask Allie. Margie, don't know. I just want to thank you so much, Allie, for joining me, sharing your tips and your Allieisms. And we're educating and helping some realtors on some new partnerships, but also maybe some tips on things that we can both learn from each other. So I just want to thank, always thank everyone for listening to Real Estate Unscripted. Real Estate Unscripted is sponsored by Alcova Mortgage. Alcova is committed to simplifying the mortgage process. Check out the tools we offer to realtors and homebuyers at alcova.com slash realtors. Alcova Mortgage, equal housing lender, NMLS ID number 40508, org. Before we go, please show us some love by subscribing on your listening platform of choice and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you share this with your friends and be sure to listen in next week. Until then, this is Marjorie Adam. Don't forget to check out the show notes for a recap. This podcast was made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support.